Soccer podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Arsenal fan Ken Lee and Tottenham fan Dr. Pete. Why are you playing Anya that? again? I don't want that. That's Anya. I know. <laughs> Why are we doing I made this? a joke about concerts that I go to. And he said, Pete said Tom I went, went to, to an, an Anya, Anya concert. concert. I never went to an <laughs> Anya concert. Pete would know better than everybody, and you probably did, so. No, he, Pete is he's an honorable man. He wouldn't tell a that lie. That can't be I'm, denied. I don't lie about stupid things like that. That can't be denied. You do it all the time <laughs> to Jenkins. <laughs> you just can't just find something that can't be denied. He told everybody Jenkins like <laughs> went down a hill with his eyes closed in his car, driving down a hill with his eyes closed in a car. Everybody believed that one. Every single it's, person it's, that we knew. That's your talent of making it something that's believable or like when you said he pooped his pants in like ninth grade and went to school anyway <laughs> like second grade <laughs> that one was true they put, had to pour sawdust in the ground yeah see you have these details that really just make it just make it right and Jenkins can't even deny it like there's nothing you can say you know that, that makes it clear anyway guys anyway Premier League heavyweights met midweek that's why we're podcasting so late in the week uh we will return to mondays and tuesdays hopefully next week and try to focus on the weekend's action um but for this week it's such a big match we decided to push it back no james today despite thank god being victorious yeah Yeah. who needs them yeah uh a very uh let's see there's a lot that happened in the match, guys. You know, incident-filled is what I was looking for. Incident-filled match between Arsenal and Man City. Arsenal coming into the match um, up three points. And after the dust was settled, Manchester City wins 3-1 to one and goes even on points, ahead on goal differential, but Arsenal does have a game in hand. And, uh, Ken, I'll start with you. I mean... Overall, I thought Arsenal actually played fine. Um, they made a big mistake early. Huge they mistake. Did, they, I've never seen it from that guy. Huge mistake in, in, a, like, in a title contending match. It's yeah. just it's just so unacceptable. Um, Tamiyasu limped back yeah, past, he thinking picked with off that? by KDB. I mean, you see it done, but not in a game like that. Come on. Yeah, it's just you just can't do that. And I thought it was interesting, Pete. You know, in this match, really Arsenal played better in the first half it's not worth anything but they played better in the first half than City uh Pep Guardiola started Bernardo Silva at left back like just you know doing the weird stuff that Pep does and I thought that Arsenal if they're ever going to beat City we're going to do it today uh how many matches have been I think it's 10 in a row with nine losses and a draw um that's not all Arteta yeah, we have a Just, bad record against like, City, that's for sure. That could be the worst record of anybody that has 10 matches against them, um, including, like, Burnley. Well, I can't really – I can't compare that. We play the bad. same way, though. Like, we're going to try to win every time, and that makes us susceptible. And I mean, I mean that doesn't matter when you have one point out of a possible – No, sure. I'm, I'm not defending the record. I'm just saying, like, a lot of yeah. other teams get results against City because they pack in – 11 guys in the box and say have at it and they don't always get in yeah well you're at home either way here. yeah we um, should have been better i've gone from from pure rage from the weekend fixture to pure disappointment from the midweek fixture so it, it's been a bad week for me boys so yeah we'll, we'll get into arsenal's we'll i don't know if we're at a blip a wobble or a slide yet we'll get into that i want to talk about this game first like I said, I thought Arsenal played pretty well. Um, going into the game, Thomas Partey ruled out, and their record with Partey, Ken, is really, without Partey, is really poor, including uh, their loss to Manchester United yeah. earlier in the year. So that, that was not good. Um, reading the forums online and listening to some Arsenal interviews, it seemed like uh, a lot of fans were pointing at Jorginho on the hook for the last two goals in his defensive positioning. I'm not sure if that's entirely his fault. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the the flow of the game. 
De Bruyne scores off the back pass, and then City let Arsenal come at them for almost the entire game. They had the lowest possession percentage in the history of Pep Guardiola at 37% in major leagues. Um, but they end up with six shots, shots on target to Arsenal's one, which was just a penalty. Um, and I guess, Ken, I'll, I'll let you take over from there. I mean, the flow was good until City really put the pressure on um, after about the 60th minute, and then they scored their two goals. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, you can't deal with that pressure for 90 minutes from City. They were on one. Um, it felt like after about minute 50, it was really just getting to be a matter of time, and we would be lucky, honestly, to get out one-to-one unfortunately because it's a home game you want to be playing better than that especially when you're looking to challenge for the title um but it's just i don't really it's hard to say because like you said we we're not playing bad we just really weren't playing great and there was no real flow to the actual game no no end result in what we were putting together with all the possession and that's super frustrating to watch um i would have liked to have seen not Jorginho on the field. Um, I'm not blaming <laughs> him. I'm not blaming him. <laughs> but I would have rather, and I'm not. A, I'm not the coach. Arteta knows more than me, obviously. But I would have rather seen Tierney at, at the back and Zinchenko uh-huh. where Jorginho was, um, just because. Zinchenko is more creative and he's he's a little bit more speedy and I do enjoy his positioning better. Jorginho kind of it, it's like having a, a slightly faster Xhaka out that they're both out of position defensively and that's Xhaka only works because party. So it, it's having two real uh, wild cards in, in the center of your or your defensive midfield and that that's never going to work out long term for ninety minutes against City. Um, but what are you going to do? I mean, lost the city. Like I said, I was already enraged, so this is just disappointing. And now we've given ourselves all the work to do, even with the game in hand, because we still have to play City again. Um, so it, it, it's it's been a uh, it's been an air out week for me for sure. So yeah. Uh, so Pete, what are your thoughts on this game in terms of uh, whether you thought City? Were the won it or Arsenal lost it? If that makes sense, um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think that uh, you know, as well as Arsenal has played all season, and I think that their improvement has been incredible when you compare last year to this year. There is no question that City is still a better team. Now that doesn't mean that Arsenal could not win the title, and they were probably slightly favored to win the title before this game but you really feel like this was their chance to yeah really finish off city or when in my, in my opinion like if they won that game i think they would have won the title i know it's like huh. people are like oh it's only one game but it's not just one game it's a 30 percent swing in the title race one way or another because it's six it's a six point swing and city did the same thing to Liverpool, I think it was two or three years ago, the game where Stones cleared the ball off the line and they won that oh, game yeah. and got climbed back into the race when Liverpool could have finished them off and it would have been done and dusted. Um, you know, Arsenal's at home. Their fans were up for it. Um, the atmosphere was incredible. But Arsenal has not been in those type of games very much. They just yeah. haven't. And especially the collection of players they have right now. And City has been there over and over and over again in the title race and in Europe. Um, And it just showed in that game that... And it was the best and the worst of Pep. The worst is putting Bernardo Silva against Saka. Saka's like, that's it? I have to beat him? (laughs) Like, it was such a weird, bad move that it was it was yeah. crazy it looked like his usual like um champions league tinkering but on the flip side you know they take the lead and city played more long balls than they almost ever play and they were effective um, they did they did by they doubled their uh average for long balls from four percent of balls being long to eight percent yeah and the second thing was they seeded possession which they never do 
Uh-huh. But they pressed in a way that made Arsenal turn the ball over in their own half and then <clears throat> ruthlessly punish them. Yes. And it's just like you watch them and you're like, this is what champion teams do. Like uh-huh. the best teams in the world, they you have you make two mistakes and there's two yeah. goals and the game's gone. Even you could say that over the course of 90 minutes that Arsenal played a little bit better than City. I think you could argue that. But yeah. they were just absolutely ruthless. Well, when you look at the yeah, players, like said, I mean, I mean, that he played us to a team. Our midfield was weak without party. And Martinelli hasn't been playing well. So the Bernardo Silva thing at uh, left back, right back, whatever he was at against Saka, it doesn't really matter because they know they don't need to worry about Martinelli right now. That's why I would have also rather seen Trossard start over Martinelli. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, he's been there's awesome. There's been a... And uh, Arteta said, like, he doesn't think that it's it. There, it's not like because he hasn't really changed the lineup ever this entire season. It's been the same eleven, unless he's been forced to through injury. But I do think that there needs to be like Martinelli needs a break. And we have Trissard. We bought him. Let's use him. I mean, we bought Georgina. We're using the hell out of him. What the? Jeez, <laughs> you're getting a lot of Georgina out there. He didn't do anything in this match. Um, Arsenal had good flow. I have to be honest, it kind of reminded me of the Wenger days, Ken, and I don't mean that so much as a slight, but it was like that whole, like, wow, you guys played really well for most of the game, and you lost. Yeah. Um, your big chance came on a pen, a debatable pen. I think it was a penalty. I think that's a penalty in the middle of the field if a, a defender, like, clears a ball and then runs, goes through, a guy goes through him while he's doing it. Um, I thought that was a penalty, but like even in our group chat, uh, Pete didn't think it was a penalty, and I mean James doesn't really count because he's a City fan. I think counts. it's a penalty, yeah. but I also think that the referees are doing this bad. on purpose. They're making it to where every single thing is a debatable call when it just really shouldn't be. That's a foul anywhere. You yeah. stop the goal from being too. scored. It's essentially, it's a PK. No, I don't think you stopped the goal stop from the being scored. The, the ball was off, and he. Ran yeah. into him he got cleared out yeah. after he kicked the ball, which is if a, the guy didn't clear it off the line, it would have been goal. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, let me ask you this, guys. Uh, I heard it on a podcast this week uh, that I mean, somebody just gave the Ken basically. Ken's been saying this for at least two years, but I mean, what's why have VAR anymore? We're, the guy just said, "I'm done with it." Like all we've done is change the conversation slightly on why the ref was wrong. He's like, if we're going to have it like this, give me my goal celebrations back. I think there's more talk about refs and calls than there's ever been ten times. Yeah, I always knew this would be the case. Yeah, you did. You said it the whole time. And like I said, like, give us our goal celebrations back. You know, like, let us us go berserk and throw stuff around. I mean, now you have these delays every time a big goal is scored. You have to wait. Every single time. You have to wait, and, and like if you wait 90 seconds, it's not going to be as intense. It's probably better for your kids, both of you, that it's not as intense <laughs> with the delay. But it's you know it, it takes something out of the game. And for sure. when it goes the wrong way, now after they make you wait three to five minutes, and then mm-hmm. they 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 get the decision wrong still, and they're the somehow the only three people in the entire world <laughs> that don't see it are in control. Yeah, it. I'm getting into to the weekend yeah. games here at this point, but we'll do but that. We'll go go to city. Off go finish off city. Yeah, let's finish off city. Um, I mean, the big thing here, guys, is the, exactly what Pete said: is that city is just so clinical. Um, they picked off some balls as the defenders were knocking them around, and then three passes later, Grealish scores. James goes nuts in the chat. Grealish's third goal in like 45 matches or whatever. But I mean. It was the same goal scored as the next one, basically. Ball picked off, counter, uh, really great goal by Holland, actually, as he has shows great tight control in the box for a giant. Um, but, I mean, that's it. It was the ruthlessness, and now City is firmly in place, despite not having that game in hand. I mean, Arsenal having a game in hand. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like City's picking up their pace now, especially with Arsenal skidding a little bit. We'll get to that, that that weekend game that Arsenal had where another huge call was missed. But I just want to say that the odds in between Man City and Arsenal flipped hard after that match. 
Um, they were plus 100 for Man City, plus 110 for Arsenal before the game to win the title. They are now minus 200 for City and plus 200 for Arsenal. So they, they, they split up pretty hard. And now, you know, obviously City is favored as maybe Arsenal is fading a little bit. Um, they had a result this weekend, Arsenal versus Brentford, at home for Arsenal, and they dropped points now, to Brentford. I, 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 you can't say dropped. Stolen. It's stolen. You it's stole It's actually that. stolen. <laughs> I mean, I agree that the call was bad. Not bad. The, well, the, call is, the call is, it's egregious. Yeah, it's not bad. I did like Arteta's uh, ex- yeah. explanation. It was like it's not somebody doing their job. What did he say? It's not somebody doing their job. Then he said it's not human error. It's In- it's them not understanding. Yeah, it's not their human job. error. It's somebody not understanding their job. And it's a fact. It's a good. fact. Yeah. It's worth whatever fine they throw at him because you know only the managers and players are held accountable for what they say and do. The referees are not. They're suspend this guy for yeah. what? Because they think that that makes us feel better. Well, it doesn't. That guy, like, yeah, they drew, basically they drew the wrong line for the offsides. They didn't account. No, they forgot the to draw the line. Is what they said. Goal. And they ended up saying, "Oh, I forgot." How do you forget? Well, what was your point? What did you stop for? What did you stop for? Yeah, if you didn't draw the line, and I agree, it is egregious. I actually heard that um, there was a situation a few years ago with Real Madrid. Um, in La Liga, it was a while ago, way before VAR. But basically, what happened is they they had a problem with one of the goals that got scored, and they actually ended up giving the points over, which the Prem would never ever do. But I mean, those two points are so huge. I guarantee that this this season comes down. Well, to and two that's the thing. Like when you're at home, you've done enough. Like one to zero is a very common soccer score it's not as though we were limping to a one nothing win like one nothing's respectable brentford good team hard team to play we're at home yes it should be easier to play them but still brentford you let a goal in that wasn't a goal and it wasn't as though there was only Uh one clear offside there was potentially two offsides in that build-up and you miss both of them and then you come out the next day every time sorry Hey, here's a question for you. You know how they had the like robot offsides VAR yeah. for the World Cup? And would that have drawn the right lines? Yes. It would have, right? Because it's all it's automated. automated. Yes. It shows that 3D view of like the the actual plane of the offsides or the plane of the line, and then it shows which Whatever body part player. comes over. Um, yeah. I mean, they do. They use it for a little clarity would work too. The, uh, maybe you tell us PSG what what game. you're looking at, or maybe this. Maybe the referee goes over and looks at the screen. The referee didn't even go and yeah. look at it on field. Like, well, the offsides yeah. is not a screen view. Like, what I'm saying either, is, it should they be. never look oh, at yeah. the screen for that. It it's always you know they're well, either they, off. They or did they're that not. because they thought it would be easier for somebody in a booth because <laughs> 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 they're just sitting there drawing the lines, and apparently, like you said. The VAR stuff is completely unacceptable at this point because we we agreed to use it or they agreed to use it because they thought it would take that margin of error out and it really hasn't. And we've had it's two worse. massive calls in, in in the last few years. I'm talking about one decided promotion and relegation because they didn't know that a goal had gone in. That's so huge. That's such a big deal. I think it was Sheffield United, Aston Villa. And it decided relegation. What that about just... the Neil Warnick ref stare Chelsea offside? Game? <laughs> uh, that Neil got, Warnick ref they stare, got you have to be more rele- Cardiff City got relegated by like two points. Yes, exactly. You can't have relegation decided by this factor that you're like, oh, we cleaned everything up. I I'm at the point now, and Ken's been here since the beginning. I'm at the point now where I'm like, you know what? Let's have these goals. The Thierry Henry handball goal uh, in the France versus Ireland to put France. Give in me the all of that back. I would rather have those yes. goals. Let's have those goals and let's get rid of these things where you go back and you're like, you were looking at it. You have all the tools and you still got the yeah. answer wrong. Let's, let's blame stop. a person and not be mad at yes. the person and a machine getting it wrong. 
You have the ability well, to look at like, it a hundred times. What were you doing for four minutes? What are you doing for four minutes and still get it wrong and still have the audacity and, and the like the, the the sheer craziness of it to come out the next day to say, sorry, we forgot to do our job. Yeah, that was weird. And the other, the other thing is that even when it's technically correct, like Harvey Barnes, like elbow was offsides by like one inch against us mm-hmm. and the goal was chalked off and you're looking at it and you're watching replays and everybody thinks it's a goal you're just like this is a goal and they're like nope his uh top of his elbow was in front of some guys they'll get toe. that one though they'll get that yeah, and you're just like this is this is stupid. this guy brentford two is... brentford heads offside they missed both heads yeah yeah, I mean, like I said, you're taking away the the celebrations and you're adding time. So at this which point, we never get I back, mean, by the way. It, there was only no, five minutes of stoppage time, time in that Arsenal game, and they spent four minutes varing. Yeah. So there's no point in having it anymore. I think that this game and it had been building up to this. If you want to do that 3D modeling thing, and you think that's better for offsides, if it ends up being better, okay. But how long until that? doesn't work because somebody had a mirror in front of it by accident you know like seriously i mean that's what happened with that goal that was that was allowed in the sheffield versus aston villa game a few years ago like it was something like that it was oh they we didn't realize that all seven cameras could be blocked at one time that's what they said <laughs> i mean it, i mean it's, it's absurd no it's on it purpose it, won't it is full-blown it, it, it's a self-destruction of the premier league destroying var on purpose yeah. There's no other, no other, no other excuse at this point. They are full blown yeah. sabotaging it, and it's. Hey Ken, if it if it makes you feel any better, um, I drew the long wrong line with my scalpel today, and um, I still have a job. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, so our arsenal. And the next question is: Our arsenal in a blip. Are they on a wobble? Or are they on a slide? I'll start with you, Pete. Um, their last win was in January. It was against Manchester United. And since then, they've lost to City in the FA Cup. They lost to Everton, which was brutal. Uh, they drew Brentford and then lost to Manchester City. What's going on, Pete? Do you think it is a slide, a wobble? What is it? Uh, I think it's just... Um, I mean, they've been playing so ridiculous that they were due for for some tough results and I think the Brentford one I mean they should have won that game I I don't take any stock in that result at all um that's just unlucky and then the city games um I think they easily could have come out with a point in both of those games um but at the end of the day I think Arsenal's problem is that um they just don't have the depth and I mean you see it today where the drop-off from Party to Jorginho is massive. Um, and you just don't have that kind of drop-off on, on City squad where a guy gets hurt and, you know, some other dude, Foden, plugs in, whatever. Um, and you can, you, you know, you saw that in the game. I think it would have been a very different game with Partey in there. I very much doubt they would have given up three goals. Um, and this is when your guys start to get injured, start to get tired. Um, Arteta has played the same... 11 basically the whole season and a lot of those guys played the world cup games so eventually you've got to rotate them or they're going to run out of gas and yeah tottenham had this problem we always have this problem they play harry kane every single game they play sun every single game and then they're like oh they have five games in january and february when they look like they can't move another inch um so i i you know they could still win the title there's no question about that um City have more chinks in their armor than I think they've had in the past, but mm-hmm. at the same time, City just has so much talent, and it's just frightening. I mean, you could see it in the Arsenal fans' faces when it when they scored that third goal. You could just see in their faces in the stadium. They're like, "I think we just, lo- I think we just lost the title." Like, you could just see it in their faces. Yeah, especially with it being. Uh at City or at, at Arsenal. I mean, you play them. Now you kind of have to get a result. You might have to beat them at the Etihad, which 
it's not the scariest pace to play, but it's still home. You know, it's still home for them oh, in a way. They'll be heavily favored. Actually, City was favored in Vegas in this game, which tells you, you know, yeah, they're just a better team right now, mm-hmm. which is nothing to be ashamed of for Arsenal. But yeah, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough run for Arsenal, and and if they go deep in Europa, which they're you know, either the best team in Europa or, you know, you could argue with them and United are, are hit neck and neck, but Europa has a ton of good teams. So that that's going to be a Thursday slog, man. Well, I think the there will be a thinning out of those teams um, after this round here because I think either Barcelona or Manchester United will be eliminated. And between the two of them, they are second and third in favor to win Europa and only because they play each other. They probably have even odds with Arsenal if uh, they weren't playing each other right now. So I think. Uh, but there's th- a whole bunch of second tier teams in there that are yeah. decent Juventus. teams that you have to play good players against. And mm-hmm. um, th- these managers, I mean, no matter what we think, like, my thought is if you're Arteta, like, you got to go after the title. Who cares about Europa? That's Unless you're out of the too. title race, absolutely prior Well, you go for the Premier League. Yeah, because Europa. But they don't do you. that. Yeah, they Europa only that. gets you Champions League. Anyway. Like Ten Hag doesn't do it. Nope. Not and we didn't even do it when we were in the Europa Conference League. It's like, what are you doing? Just let it go. Yeah, and now City City has a stretch now where they don't really play anybody for a while. They play Nottingham Forest this weekend. Um, Forest, the relegation battling team. Then they play Leipzig in their first round away for Champions League. But then it's Bournemouth. Bristol City FA Cup for them to rest everybody. <coughs> they don't play anybody until next month. Um, they do play Newcastle, but it's at home. Then it's Palace, West Ham. They have a really nice stretch of games all the way through April until they play Liverpool, uh, and then City again at the end of April. But I mean, sure, they have the FA Cup still, and they have um, Champions League. But the rest of these games, they can play. They can start rotating a little bit. You can play some Bernardo Silva. At left back, if you if you feel like it, but they're not <laughs> playing the same way. I they, think City... they've shown the ability to drop bad points this season. So they have, but these are bottom five clubs they're playing coming up. Um, they can drop. I think they can they're drop not points invincible. to like Palace. That's true. They're not invincible, but uh, like you said, the depth is such a going to be such a big deal as these teams are playing games more frequently than every three days um, for the next. I mean, all the way through May, really. Arsenal's lucky, uh, in a way, to be out. You're out of the mm-hmm. FA Cup, right? Yeah, you're out of the FA Cup. You have your Europa, but I, I mean, Arteta has to rotate, like you said. All right, guys. Well, let's let's move on from Arsenal. Um, I, I do think that they'll they'll play well enough to hang in there. It's just City has too much talent. I think that's exactly what Pete said, basically. Um, but getting back to this weekend, um, Manchester United. Beats Leeds 2-0. It's a big win for them away after drawing during the midweek. And then they came into Thursday's match against Barcelona, guys. And this is the this has got to be the best Europa uh, knockout, early knockout round match matchup of all time, right? Like <laughs> United versus Barcelona, both teams playing well. And it was a really good game. Um, ended up being 2-2. Two the winner gets Frankie de Jong, Pete. <laughs> you and Joey wish. Yeah. Um, I Overall, I don't normally care about the Europa League until the semifinals. I'm happy for my team to get knocked out. Um, there is a purse, Pete, of about $40 million that uh, once you get to the semifinals, you're like, okay, I'll take that purse. But getting knocked out before them... Like this round, your purse is like two million. Next round, it's like four million, and then after that, it's like six million. There's nothing there for for a reason to play your your best teams. But there is some bad blood between United and Barcelona, uh, based on the transfer season where uh, Barcelona agreed to a transfer with with Frankie De Jong without telling Manchester United that they owed Frankie De Jong twenty three million pounds for this season alone and about fifty for the next three and De Jong was like no I backloaded my contract to help you with your financial problems you have to pay me uh, or I'm not leaving so essentially Barcelona was just trying to offload all the backloaded pay that he had taken he had taken two million and a four million pound salary over the last two years so that they would make it under uh, La Liga fair play rules and then of course guys in the midweek 
it came out that Barcelona has been paying a referee who was on the refing commission of La Liga 500,000 pounds a week. And the questions are still coming over exactly how much impact they could have, but the optics are really bad. They could have none. I mean, (laughs) they said, well, we're just getting ref reports. That doesn't make any sense. My favorite part is... uh, I can tell you uh, in two lines. My favorite part was, I I don't (laughs) know what other teams pay. Is that a lot? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, other teams do this. They play... Oh, I didn't know 500 was a lot. Sorry. Who does? Is 500 a lot? Yeah. It's like it's like a guy asking hooker prices. Like, oh, what are you guys paying? You guys paying a lot for hookers? <laughs> like, what kind of question not, is that? Like, o- I mean, everybody pays only for Barcelona yeah. can be as brazen as the English Premier League referees when it comes to accountability. Because they know there's none to them. They, they walk on water when it comes to anything. Like, this is a club that can't pay their bills, can't pay their players, and now it comes out that they're paying essentially a referee's board for for reports on games and thinking that 500000 a week isn't going to sway decisions their way in the least. And and they were also making the payments through the guy's Right, son, if it was... if it was, Which just goes to show you they didn't want it right, to be Right, if it was on the up-and-up, it, it wouldn't be so... In a roundabout way, like they they know it's wrong, but they don't care. Yeah, and my and, gut and tells me that they probably like couldn't get decisions overturned, that kind of stuff. But like, just yeah. to be like, this is okay, let's do this as a corporation that big is so stupid. Well, it's got to be buying. Like, yeah, it's so incredibly saying. dumb and easy yes. to trace. Yeah. And like, as if everybody's not going to be like, uh, why are you paying the head of the referees? At the very least, it buys favor in terms of, you know, things that yeah. could go in yeah. Barcelona's Influence. favor that might not have unless there was 500000 in cash being paid every Friday. Please, God, that's let cheating. there be a It's match super fixing. cheating. And that, that's, oh, God. that to awesome. me, it's not quite, it's not quite match fixing. But it, no, but they were yeah. talking about, um, if you look, there's some article with some quotes from prosecutors about looking into whether there was match fixing or not. Because they said they can't dock points and other things. Um, but that was something that. How they were could you into. not though? Like if you find like if you find out yeah. legitimately it's, that it's statute of limitations is three go. years. So is, it, is it's that right? Five years, yeah, five years ago. Uh, That's the only reason. That's the only reason. So like all the bad stuff that City did that. James says didn't happen that they couldn't look into because it, it was too long ago well but the thing Same is thing. like with what city has done they they is nothing compared to what Barcelona has come out this week to have done I, I actually I agree and you guys know how vehemently I am against what city did or at least the way they are handling it I agree completely the idea of again affecting something on the field to me is so much different than you know, a bunch of accountants in the back doing shady stuff uh, to try to fit in financial fair play. I, I just, I see the crime. You can't affect the different. game I any still more than, than paying off referees. It, but, but you, yes. And I'm, <laughs> and there's like all of a sudden your brain starts going, right? Because if it's that shady to pay this guy, then how do we know that he isn't at the top of a ring of referees? That's like, Hey, I got my $500,000 payment. Here's a hundred thousand for you. How do we know that? Like, we don't. All, you, all of a sudden, you're asking all these questions. Why are you paying a guy who is not an active referee, who can't affect the game? Is it just something where you're like, oh, well, retroactive, we can make sure that retroactive red cards get removed or something? Is that it? Cause that's well, still or cheating. that they don't get retroactive you know, like, red cards. That's what I'm saying. They make sure that, the, that, that those kind of things happen, that suspensions are dropped down. I mean, that's valuable. Or like red cheating. card fouls. That's more they don't cheating. happen on the first offense. It's got to be more than once. Like, it, it, there's a lot of things that that money can buy. It, it, it's it's like they, they've essentially turned into a, a, a Spanish league, Barcelona. They're lobbying for themselves. I mean, that's Juve stuff, yeah, right? Am I wrong? It's on the yeah. same level as Juve. You mean well, the yeah, old it depends. Uh, Not the old <laughs> Mac, where they were like, yeah. 
They used they, no the they, more the they, more like, recent one. The more recent one was all financial lying. This is yeah, so different. Not when Juve was writing checks from Juve to the referees back in like two thousand. Yeah, that, that, that was yeah, that's different. a big difference. That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. ref's name on there, and yeah. it just says like. You know, wink. wink Services yeah, yeah. rendered. What's the check for? <laughs> In the memo. Yeah. <laughs> Consultant. Yeah, so, I mean, so this game, guys, Manchester United, Barcelona, I, I really think that coming into this match, Pete, you brought this up earlier, but the da- I mean, what, at what point does Barcelona have just major damage to their brand with the way they've handled paying their players, which, again, it's another thing to me that is Ill- more illegal than what City did, is like, hey, I'm going to agree to a contract, and then be like, mm, I can't really pay you, so do you want to restructure? Or I can drag your name through the mud, freeze your contract in court while we debate it until our legal problems are over, and then I'll pay right, you in like, 10 years. And That's other illegal. teams get relegated and docked points for that. When you can't pay your bills, yeah, you I go just... into administration. Barcelona's essentially <laughs> been in administration for two years. They just have a huge yes, name, so people keep floating more money into them. I mean, for some reason, yeah. like, fans and um, players are, like, they're, like, bugs attracted to a bug zapper with Barcelona. And I don't I, I don't get it at all. Like, I understand if you became a fan when they had Messi and Pep and those guys. And they weren't quite as scummy back then. And they're, like, watching them play. The football was incredible. But now it's, like, how can you... Like, read about all the stuff going on and be like, oh, this is the team I want to root for. Like, they're so unlikable. I'm watching, you know, I ended up watching the highlights. I couldn't watch the game today, but I'm like, I hate these guys. And, like, I didn't, they didn't bother me five years ago. But I want to get, I want to see them get smashed to bits. Yeah, even James was having trouble today rooting against Manchester United. You know, like, that's just, go, seriously, it goes to show you, like, James's priority for the longest time has been being a man, anti-Manchester United fan, and even he is having major problems, and probably hoping that Barcelona lose, and then United lose in the next round, because the loss to United, or the loss to Barcelona, to not get whatever coins they can get out of every competition, it's a major problem for them, because they, yeah. they, they, again, have financial fair play well they were banking like they on champions league will. run and then to get knocked out first round yeah. of the knockout stage of europa league that would be hilarious yeah, <laughs> yes it would, it would. and uh, that's why you guys were asking me like oh you really want to win this like i really don't i mean i want to win europa sure but i would if we win this and knock them out at, at old trafford i will be happier than a pig <laughs> in a about europa I'm serious. I really will. I'll be like, okay, job done. Um, maybe we'll get a, a, a domestic cup or something like that. So uh, anyway, guys, all that aside, great game, two to two, very open. Um, and Barcelona coming into this match had allowed seven goals in league play, super defense. Although guys, they did allow nine goals in the Champions League group stage. Um, yeah, that's an <laughs> indictment on the Spanish league that yeah. they're top top of the league and only have only let up seven goals because they're yeah. going to the game they're like oh this defense this is the story and then you watch yeah. them play and man united carved them up and it could have yeah. had four goals unfortunately should have had four man united's defense also looked like swiss cheese no lissandro dumb dumbo uh, yellow card juan basaka was in another universe today his marking is uh, unbelievably <laughs> poor but uh it was a good game anyway Two to two. Rashford scores again. He scored in the Leeds game this weekend. He has twelve and twelve, and he is on the best form of any Manchester United player I've seen since Cristiano Ronaldo back in bef- the year before he got sent to Real Madrid. Um, there, there's some other Prem players that might have been in better form. Um, it's hard to look past Holland. He has more three more goals than Chelsea does this season. Does Holland? at 26 which is very Jeez. bad for Chelsea and very good for Erling Holland. and guys I mean Chelsea this weekend tie a bad West Ham team they do score a goal it was a nice goal by Jal Felix but they don't look good in this game they spurn a bunch of chances and they have four goals in their last nine matches Ken um, I believe the sack watch is on 
What do you think? Uh, well, no way. you know my feelings about that's akin to a player in January or July saying, I'm completely happy where I am. Like, you can assume his bag is packed. <laughs> and if Graham Potter's mm-hmm. bags aren't, if he's not living out of a suitcase, his confidence is level. It's too high. He has to be. He has to be on, on the chopping block. And if he's not, then I think it just goes to show you Chelsea's exactly where they deserve to be. If Graham Potter really is safe and they've spent 600 million pounds plus or minus in the last two transfer windows and they're going to stick with the guy who has gotten them to ninth place for their 600 million pounds, then Chelsea deserve to rot with Potter. And we deserve to continue to get to watch them rot with Potter because that doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. But I think it's because they paid him too much money. Might be the only reason they want to they want to stick Six it out with him for a little while. But I, I can't believe they haven't had a, a, a result in, in game. Like I can't like Crystal Palace. I think was they they won that game. But they also lost in the midweek to Dortmund. Yeah, like how and did not. How score. are you not their scoring last, goals? Yeah, their last like, uh, yeah. result. I, you don't have a number nine. Well, I, I think that um, <clears throat> I think that he he will stay out the rest of the season for a couple of reasons. One is I think he will he it's too much money, and Chelsea have done all these long term contracts to get people to come and get within FFP, not necessarily for the manager but with the players. So they handed out this long contract to him, and. I, I don't think that you can fire him and absorb that financial impact, number one. Number two, I think their season was... They, they see the season as lost already anyways. So bringing somebody in, like, what, what's their what's their goal at this point for the season? Like, they're not going to get top four. That's done. Champions League, could you get to the next round? Maybe, but you're not going any further than that. Maximum. They'll they could they could win it. They're only down one nothing in a tie. Tortman's uh-huh. not amazing, Good. so they they could win that tie, but they're not going anywhere in champs. So if you fire somebody, or if you fire Potter, who are you going to bring in, in the middle of the season, and what is their goal? Well, I think another thing is with this. So just let him finish out sure. the season, and then you decide. To fire him, and then you have you better time be to looking for someone now, and have someone to bring in in June. And you've got six so months of Potter. Like if Potter goes on a run, and he straightens things out and gets a team to play together, then you maybe ought to keep him. Going on a run yeah, though puts fair. them. A, a run would that. finish them in seventh. That would be a run. Like, I mean, they are ten points out of the other place prop- right now. But who's gonna Who's gonna come I, in? The I don't of know. I don't have a good answer for that. But we have a bigger problem too when you think about the amount of money that's been invested into the players. You either have, they're either Potter players that he went to the board and said, I want these players, and now he's showing he can't manage them. Or two, he has no idea the players that are coming in, which means the board doesn't back them. That, that seems much more likely because the board doesn't really. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, you, you, so there's no use? actual <laughs> plan at Chelsea right now. Yeah. No plan at all. Yeah, it's. I think they're just accumulating talent. They basically went to their scouts and said, who are the best young talents? And then the idea is to build a, uh, a core of very talented players and then have eventually a manager, either Potter or whoever, come in and you just have so much talent that your team's good. But that's not really how soccer works. It works more like what Manchester City and Arsenal and hopefully United have done, which is you take a certain scheme, your manager's scheme, and you buy the best players you possibly can for those roles that your manager wants to play and you hope that the scheme is good. That seems to be what drives success now. Um, If you're going to try to compete with teams that are doing that, Manchester City obviously has been able to buy the absolute best player at every position and every role that that, uh, Pep wants to do. And Arsenal, to a lesser extent, have been able to do that too, but have built teams based on specific types of players rather than going out and doing what United did for years which is like oh this and guy's got kind of 200,000 Instagram like, we'll followers buy him. but it's like well he doesn't actually fit in your system you can't, can't wedge guys in yeah exactly yeah don't forget the Instagram stuff you know yeah absolutely and I think that this idea of buying talent up like Chelsea are doing just talent 
it doesn't work in soccer as well as it would in like you know football basketball basketball especially uh baseball like all those sports yeah sure but but it's such a team sport and the and the system matters so much that if you you have guys that can't play the system if harry Maguire can't pass out of the back then you can't play a system that passes out of the back and you can't play harry Maguire, which is having manchester united i mean he's sure he's fine as a thumping center back from 1998 he's fine but we don't play that system anymore so harry harry Maguire doesn't play anymore because he can't he can't do that so I think Chelsea's putting themselves in peril. They draw 1-1, lose 1-0 in the midweek, and, uh, you know, I, I think the sack watch is on. I think Pete's right. They, they should, might as well, basically, write it out with Graham Potter, but who knows if that happens. We don't know what the ownership group is like. Um, and then you we'll know be who looking I around. See... Hmm? You that? knew who I could see ending up there? I said, do you know Pochettino. who I could see ending up there? No, Pochettino, yeah, I don't think he'll go to another London club. Um, Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> I mean, the Chelsea fans on Twitter. Dude, Mourinho it. might come back. Maybe Mourinho goes That'd be back. Great. <laughs> that would be a, and this is that would be perfect for Mourinho. Uh, I read an article that said he would be open. Please, uh, please. do not tempt How me with a super fun yes. media watch for the next six months of the season or the four months of the season. Please. You can bet Please. if Potter makes it to the end of the season that Mourinho will be <laughs> in wait. discussions. All right, guys. Different ownership. Well, Different ownership. Speaking of clubs that Jose Mourinho has managed and burned <laughs> to the ground in a little while, uh, Tottenham <laughs> Manchester United. I to get them. Leicester City oh. 4, Tottenham Oof. 1. Um, oh, gross. Gross, Pete. You know – you guys only spent 30 seconds last week talking about our biggest win of the season <laughs> and like our biggest individual moment in a long time with Harry Kane's 267 goal in the Premier League. Um, or to break the um, Jimmy Greaves record. Uh-huh. How about we spend less than 30 seconds on this game? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think but, happened? Though? We got like, that's absolutely weird. That's, a, that's a bad team to lose, to lose four goals. I, I think we... Well... I don't think Leicester's as bad as they've uh, they've, they've been, been pretty on paper. consistently no, bad. Um, no, they're, they're no I mean I think if you, I I think if they're they're I think they're not as bad as everybody thinks they are. That being said, it was a we were terrible. I mean, like couldn't not a single player could string a pass together. And I think that you know we continue to trot out Eric Dyer and Langley. And they're just not good enough to play on a Premier League team at the top of the table. They're just not. So I don't care who else you put out there with them. And then when the other guys who usually carry the line don't show up, Kuliszewski's been super cold. Son's been awful the whole year. Yeah, he has been. You know, Kane, he, he can't score every single goal for us. And this is our other problem now. We had four long-term injuries in a seven-day span. Larice and the drop-off from Larice to Forster is humongous. Like, he looks like a redwood tree going down to try to get... Like, Larice would have saved two of those goals. I had no idea Absolutely. he was still in the league, man. I remember Forrester from England rumors in 2008. He's he's so slow. Man. He looks like a sloth. Um, ben Tancor, who has been our second-best player the entire year is out with an ACL Basuma who's his backup who would have started is out for six to eight weeks Sessegnon who you know he's probably not better than Perisic but also out for six to eight weeks so we just don't have the kind of depth to absorb that many injuries no we trotted out Pappy Sar and Skip for our Champions League away match yeah it's a no bueno when they've played like 220 minutes, that's yeah, bad when you do that because you have season. no choice. That, that's a it's a grim outlook to the rest of the season. Yeah, there's no choice. Actually, they played really well, but it, we didn't we didn't have a choice. And and our back to your point on how a club becomes functional and competitive, the owners have to have alignment with the coaches' scheme. Yeah. And 
part of the problem I have with Conte, like everybody's like, oh, Conte's won every year he's gone. He is so welded to his back three system, and we do not have the players for it. Yeah, we just don't. You guys started he, Ben Davies and Jeffrey Tanganga at center back. But you would also assume yeah. Tottenham bringing Conte in would have eventually given him at least a guy that helps him play his system. A little bit of this falls on Tottenham's board, like not investing properly in the club. It does. Yeah, well, I don't think it's it's not um it's not not about the amount of money, but money you could at least invest in players that play mm-hmm. that scheme. Yes, exactly. It took them. We finally got Pedro Poro in there, <laughs> the right wing back, and we have needed a right wing back so bad for ever since Trippier left. Yeah, it predates Conte, but Conte has played a back three wherever he goes, and we we, we don't have the players to do it you need in his system the best players on his title winning teams are wingbacks and there are worse players i can't imagine Conte's happy yeah like emerson royale is a right back in a in a flat back four and he's a mediocre one and you play him at wingback he has no ability to beat a man or get a cross in at all pete what if this is just you're 18 months into Conte's reign does that sound right uh, less, less than, than that. A little bit less. What than if that. this is just something where okay, we rebuilt the offense by getting Kulishevsky and the midfield actually, and the defensive midfielders. You brought in some defensive midfielders. Uh, what if this honestly, is just we the foundation is fine. The yet the foundation is fine. Mm-hmm. I really, I don't. I think our foundation is very good, and we brought in good players like Richarlson, um, Basuma. I think will come around. Um, Romero is a good player, although he's been since the World Cup. He doesn't play for um, you. He only plays for Argentina. Romero? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the problem is that we've had too many bad players that have not been replaced. Yeah. And until that happens, I, I mean, I think we're still three or four very good players away. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I mean, I think that they're the way that they're building is fine. I don't think Conte has the patience for it, so I don't think he's going to stick around. Um, but I, I don't like fans are all upset about how much money's invested. I don't think that's the problem. It's how they've invested. Arsenal had the same problem before the last two years. Like every everybody they brought in on transfer sucked for like a three year span. And Man United, they spent money on it. Yeah, it's not about quant- like quantity of, of money, and it's that's what we've done. Player brought in, you would have thought. Tottenham bringing in Conte yes. would have shored up that defense to make sure that Conte had a good solid foundation. Yeah, that's how bad the defense is that not even he can like and you can see during the game and and when he's talking after the game he's like you can see in his face he's like I I don't know what else to do. Like I can't fix Dyer from like kicking the ball out of bounds from 30 yards in front of our goal and giving them a corner kick and then they score in the next play. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. I really do think that it is part of a rebuild that they're having, and I think that those areas will be addressed this offseason as long as Conte stays, and probably even if he doesn't stay, um, if somebody else bigger comes along and throws him a rope. Um, I, I think that they'll, they will address those positions. It feels like a systematic rebuild, and unfortunately for you, you just have to be patient. Um, the other side of this is that Chelsea sucks this year, and Liverpool sucks this year, and Newcastle are probably frauds. So you could still get into fourth place the same way you did last year, um, where you kind of default into fourth or just be the best of the rest. Uh, Liverpool played Everton at home, beat Everton as they always do, outplayed them overall, but Everton's stinky, and they're a Sean Dyche team. They acted like they won the Premier League title, and cops... Klopp's talking afterwards like it was some monumental victory over Everton at home. Yes, monumental in that you <laughs> moved from 10th to 9th. Um, so you beat Newcastle this weekend, and you know that's a good victory. It would be a Let's good victory happens. if they could beat Newcastle. Newcastle drew Bournemouth, which is a terrible, it's not a terrible draw, draw. For a team it's by design. That was they, previously they draw. So I was looking at their numbers. We've already talked about how long the the ball is in play in the Newcastle games, which is what, like 15 minutes or something? 
Um, Newcastle has allowed 13 goals. The next closest again to them is Arsenal, who have allowed 21 goals. That's unbelievable. Newcastle is eight goals better than the team that was well, in first place. Well, you can't score on a team that doesn't season. play. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's only 45 minutes of soccer to score. Yeah, and, and obviously their their goals for are low. They're they're like 10th or something in goals for. They're below Leicester uh, in goals for. But, yeah, I mean, they have 11 draws. I had to look up the uh, record. I think it's 15. Did I tell you guys that? Or Dude, they're going to get that. They're going to have 20 draws 15. this season. Yeah, and, and and they do have a plus twenty two goal differential, which is a huge deal for them. It's massive, and it could be what what saves them as they keep drawing. But I mean, they're gonna have to beat. I'd like to see how many games they've won when they've conceded the first goal. It's a great question. We'd have to go back and it's look at it because zero. they don't concede that many goals. But now they're gonna be playing Liverpool at home. They'll probably draw. Then they have United uh, a cup final. Then they have City. Um, Wolves is playing better. They play Wolves, Forest, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, they're not really playing well, and maybe they haven't been playing well the whole season. I think maybe they're just, you know, like Ken said, they're designing themselves to just, okay, whatever happens in this game, there will be no more than two goals scored. In one way or the other, it could be 2-0, could be 1-1, you know, it could be 0-2. There's not going to be more than two goals in this game. So Newcastle might help you guys out, Pete by just defaulting and sliding you guys have a game on them you're two points behind you have a game up on them but they're going to hit uh, a little tougher stretch here and they really don't have any depth meanwhile um liverpool trying to get some kind of renaissance going uh, i mean they weren't that good mo Salah finally scored and Gakpo scored but everton sucks so it's not like you know it's not like the title's coming back Klopp gets a little bit of breathing room, but they, you know, I, I wouldn't favor them against Newcastle. And Ken, I think it's fair to say you're expecting a one-one draw. Um, probably <laughs> maybe zero-zero to tie as many games as they possibly can. It's that's their that is their style. Yeah. So Pete. Well, the the worst part is, and Ken mentioned this before, but it's going to be one-to-one in the 60th minute, and yes. they're going to be time wasting at home. Yep. Against a team in eighth place. Yeah, at ninth place and in bad form. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's what happens. I think that is that works out well. And, guys, because of the way Newcastle plays, I think that Tottenham should be a favorite to finish in fourth, even with their uneven form and their uh, the, the players they have left. Just because Liverpool and Chelsea are so far behind. I mean, either one of those teams could put together a run especially if Liverpool you know gets Van Dyke back and can get something rolling but they're still eight points behind Tottenham you know what I mean um it's not going to be easy to pass them but New- Newcastle skidding Newcastle could be they're not really skidding though they're just place. doing what they've been doing all season out they have a game in hand on Tottenham and two points Floating. ahead of them so if Tottenham keep they gotta calm down with that losing to bad teams like Leicester yeah, eight losses yeah. is a lot. Who was eight losses? Calm down with the losing. <laughs> calm down with the losing, Coach K. <laughs> if you want to get in fourth, you want to let oh, tiny Newcastle drawing Newcastle is going to finish in fourth. That'd be a no, travesty. I mean, have you That'd watched this play? We freaking suck. It won't okay? happen. I'm telling you. I'm telling but you. But this teams, is when we went on a run last year, so we'll see what happens. But your coach doesn't. Your coach is still in a hospital bed <laughs> smoking in in Italy. Um, can we get to that at the end of the episode? We can. This is the end of the episode. We can get to it. Oh, okay. Well, this is a good time. So, I I don't understand a lot of things here. I'm not a doctor, but sure. he had a gallbladder problem, right? Gallbladder problems like simple, usually straightforward. You get surgery for it. It's minimally invasive surgery. Number one, why did he get the surgery in Italy? Hometown. <laughs> like, is that because he thinks that the system is so bad in England that he's afraid to get his gallbladder taken out that he's willing to take a plane flight <laughs> with a rotten gallbladder all the way to Italy 
Just so someone can spend 30 minutes taking it out? Maybe he's over there looking for a job. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, I, I think it's more Here's that the... he speaks Italian, and that's what he's used to. <laughs> so what? I, I'm with you. If my appendix is exploding, like, I'm going to go to the hospital in whatever country I'm in as long as I'm not in Africa. That's really weird. You're right. I didn't I didn't know that. I, I just assumed that... You know, it's like, okay, you're having... He wasn't just over there. You're having an issue like, with your gallbladder, like, you need to have surgery. You're saying that this is... That it was emergent? Yeah, well, it was like an urgent emergent. I mean, he was, he was sick. So it wasn't like... It, it wasn't quite like it was going to explode, but it was like... Enough to be sick, he which was is enough to terrible. not take a flight. Um, you know, a, a coach like that is not going to the doctor unless he's about to... You know, he feels like crap. Yeah. Um, the other weird thing is, so... He comes back to the touchline. He coaches the game, or he gets his surgery. Comes back to the touchline. Looks not not as much energy as usual. He definitely looked down in the Champions League game on Wednesday. Comes out that he has a post-operative checkup, which they said was routine, and then they say that he's staying in Italy now for further recovery. I don't think it looks good for his which longevity is really weird. at Tottenham. Did you, do you think he left someone? Think... No, it's a, it's a, there's something weird going on medically where like something very bad happened when they were in there for surgery uh-huh. um, or they found something very bad or he has some weird complication that would keep him in Italy. Cause I just can't think of many things with a straightforward gallbladder surgery that would cause him to need to stay there. Anyways, think... it's going to be a mystery, but it'll probably come out. <laughs> you think somebody left a glove in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> How great would that be if he flew all the way over there to get his gallbladder out? And it turned out that they <laughs> they dropped a cigarette in his incision. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the whole they don't close it up. All right, yeah. So we'll speculate. I'm sure the English media, if they ever get a hold of, exactly well, even if they don't, they'll make something up. No, but yeah. So. It's it's not an endorsement in the NHS, man. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I do know there's a lot of bad stuff going on over there with uh, wait times. With uh, I think they're They probably told him they could take it out, you know, next March. <laughs> and he's like, F this, I'm going, I'm going to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> they know me there. <laughs> and he can talk to his nurses the way he wants to, sure. All right, guys, so uh, we will try to come back on Monday or Tuesday to go over all the matches from this weekend. Really exciting stretch of time here. Um, the title is flipped on its head. we got Champions League matches coming back. Even good Stage 1 Europa League knockout matches. I think I speak for everyone except for maybe James when I say it would be glorious to have Barcelona get knocked out. They need they, – the, the end of the road for Europa gives you 40 million pounds, I think. They need every dollar of that, and for them to get knocked out now and get two million would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's going to be a pumped up Old Trafford atmosphere too. Yeah, yeah. It so really will be. It's going to be fun. We got uh, some some recovery games this weekend as Aston Villa plays Arsenal at Aston Villa. You well, guys need you know, to figure that out. You know, I don't want to be like this, there. but we got to beat Aston Villa and NVAR. So it's it's double the work. It's double the work. <sighs> I mean, it's canceled VAR in this episode, so we did the best we could. We did the best we could. But all right, guys, anything else to add, Dr. Pete? No, great week of soccer. Sure. It was fun. Enjoyed uh, fun watching teams play um, in Europe that, uh, you know, you watch the Premier League every week, and you can only watch so much Neil Mape. Um <laughs> And it was nice seeing, like, watching Tots play AC Milan. I don't know their players that much, yeah. but seeing guys um, in the other leagues who uh, excel, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's why Champions League is so great. No. Ken, anything to add? All right, James Lewis took the took the night off to uh, celebrate. He said he's going to let Ken off the hook. Yeah, he's not. Um, we'll see. We'll see how City looks this weekend. But he's, he's victorious right now and in his, uh, you know, his James way. Um, hope City get points docked at the end. Hope after 38 points, 38 games, that they are in first, and then it comes out, and they're like, we're docking your points, here's a trophy arsenal. Boom. Boom. There you go, Ken. Could happen. 
All right, for James Lewis, Dr. Pete, and a cautious and slightly down Ken Lee, I am Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week. Dude, VAR. I'm sick of it. I've been sick of it forever. I'm getting, like, uh, uh, zero patience for it. I have none. It, it shouldn't... It used to be that just soccer pissed yeah. you off. Like, now... It's the decisions that piss you off. I never got, like, weekend mad about a referee missing an offside call. It ruins my mother week that VAR is f***ing this sh all the time. It's so annoying to me. It's just unacceptable. Like, for us to be told, like, sold this bag of goods that said, oh, there's not going to be any more errors in offsides. It's going to be amazing. I've never seen so many errors. Mm -hmm.